Dude, we don't care who listening and who not listening. Welcome to another episode of the Pacer Pod. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade 2020. Um, it's cool. I like it. I like it. I like 2020. Um, this is the 50th episode of the Pacer Pod. And it just happened to line up, 50th episode, it's going to be the first episode in the new decade of 2020, or the 2020s, and ready to go. You know, it's, it's going to be a big episode. It's going to be a big episode because we got really, really, really big news as Pacer fans. Um, Victor Oladipo has announced... He's returning January 29th against the Chicago Bulls at home. So, you know, everything that we've done this season has been way better than I thought it would be. And the fact that we just, we're, we're very competitive with that. We've been competitive without Oladipo. You know, when he comes back, I'm... Uh, I'm just really, really, really excited to see what this team looks like and and what kind of Oladipo do we get. So, you know, I hope... I think that, you know, I like the fact that he announced... I feel like the like Oladipo had control of the... Like, he was like, I'm going to come back when I'm ready. And I don't feel like there was any tension, at least made public, you know, between the team being like, all right, you're ready to go. Come on, get out there. And... Oladipo being like, all right, I want to go. Like, I think he was, he, I think he was very patient. Um, I, I mean, I remember, you know, like seeing fit, uh, footage of him doing dunks and stuff months ago. So it's like, all right, if he was able to do that a couple more months. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that the fact that he's coming back, you know, against uh, the Bulls. Uh, so the Pacers are going to be on like a five game road trip leading up to his return out west and then uh it, it it could get it could be it could be rough too you know i mean the pacers have have uh they've shown that they're capable of playing with the top teams in the east without oladipo you know but um there i, I always feel like there's a chance that we might slip like the lap like we're four and six in our last ten so it's like uh, now, granted, we haven't had Brogdon for nine games, 
the last nine games, we haven't had Brogdon. So it's like we don't have Brogdon, we don't have Oladipo, and uh, we went four or six over the last ten games. But, the, I mean, it, it's okay. It's okay. Because once Oladipo comes back, that's going to be the next reset on this team. Everything's going to change. Um, everything's going to change because Oladipo is going to need... I don't know what they're going to start him out with. Like, I don't know. Maybe he'll have, like, a limits or a minutes restriction. But eventually, he's going to need uh, at least, you know, 34, 30 to 35 minutes a game. And that means, you know, people aren't going to see the floor that are seeing the floor now. Um, but it's going to be good. It's going to be a new team. It's going to be a team that's going to be more dynamic. Uh, we're going to get to see what it looks like with Brogdon and Oladipo in the backcourt together. And then with Sabonis and Turner, they throw in Warren. Um, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to be a Pacers fan. It's you know the new decade. Uh, so it just I just think it's going to be you know this is going to be a good episode. I got a lot. We got you know the fact that Vic's coming back, and um, it's the new decade. It's it's going to be good. Um, so like right now, Pacers here we are. It's January eleventh, and they're twenty four and fifteen. Um, They've shown that they can compete against the best teams in the league. They've got wins over uh, Lakers, Raptors, Philly, Utah, Boston. Um, and, and I think, you know, most recently, it's they've just been hanging in there. Like, they've been fighting. They haven't had Brogdon in the last nine games, like I mentioned. Um, but still, they're six in the Eastern Conference. And only three and a half games behind second place, which is the uh, the Miami Heat. Um, yeah, which I was going to say, I, I made a note here to talk about the uh, Miami Heat game. The one uh, where TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler got into it. And, uh, you know, on one hand, I'm like, all right, if I'm TJ Warren. So basically what happened. So Jimmy Butler is a really good, he's a really good player. Um Probably, I mean, Jimmy Butler's really good. He's he is he. I I mean, I, I would pick I would pick Jimmy Butler over, uh, you know, even over Vic. As much as I hate to say that, like I love Vic, but Jimmy Butler I think is a probably a better player than Vic, or just more. He can be more impactful. He's just big, man. Jimmy Butler's like six seven, kind of built like uh, he's kind of like a mini LeBron, uh, in some ways, but. Um, Jimmy Butler was getting into it with TJ Warren, and uh, Warren ended up getting tossed from the game uh, because after they kind of got into an altercation, and and, and then like then the, the next play, uh, Butler, you know, kind of was backing down Warren, and then was purposeful. I mean, you know, just kind of like aggressively backing him down, and Warren took a charge, and the refs called the charge, and so it's like nice. Warren like won that battle. Uh, but then he starts clapping his hands and like getting up in Jimmy Butler's face while he's clapping his hands and it gets tossed from the game for like taunting. And, uh, I don't know. It's like, okay, whatever. I mean, I like seeing emotion. I like seeing stuff from Warren because, you know, sometimes it just feels like all he's out there doing is just looking to get a shot, which is fine. But like, he's, I mean, you know, that's a little, that's, that's a little too much. Cause he's, he does, he does a really good job actually on defense too. 
Uh, but I just I guess what I'm saying is I like I like the fact that he he got into it with Butler. Um, but then when you see the two getting into it and then like you know it's hard because you know Butler's the better player, like the much better player. Um, but I, I appreciate that I appreciate that Warren goes after him, so um what uh what else? Oh yeah, so just like kind of recently, so just watching the Pacers recently. You know, they have been kind of struggling, like I mentioned, four and six of the, over the last 10. Um, but there's been some highlights. So one guy I want to talk about who he's he's been looking really good is Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday is, I don't think his stock's ever been higher than it is right now. He, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about him, you know, coming off this uh, this game he had against the Chicago Bulls, which is their most recent game. where He was, he was, he was good. Um, but... You know, Holiday, he has made a he's made a big jump in my opinion from from last year to this year. Like to me, he's shown that he can play, um, and not that he's going to be our starting point guard necessarily, but it's nice to have it's nice to have that fire like that spark plug off the bench um, from like you know, Holiday packs a punch, man. So like. I was just looking back at his stats. So, like, Brogdon's been out for the last nine games, so Holiday's been getting a lot more run. And um, he's averaging 14 points and seven assists over these last nine games without Brogdon. Um, granted, the Pacers haven't been winning uh, as, as much as we would like, uh, but he's just shown flat. Like, he's not super consistent yet, but he's shown flashes of being... Um, explosive with the ball like he can get to the hoop um he can be lights out shooting threes he's money from the free throw line he's quick off the bounce he and and actually you know this like 14 points it's like oh okay that's not bad the seven assists like that's where it's really impressive that's that's the thing that i was talking about with holiday all along i was like man uh we have so many guys that can score the basketball on this team that holiday has Holiday can has to be more than just a scorer, and the fact that you know over the last nine games since he's been getting minutes, he's averaging seven assists. That's about as much as Brogdon averages. I mean, I think Brogdon is averaging seven and a half or eight assists on the season, and so you know just seeing Holiday over these past nine games filling in for Brogdon, keeping those assists up, uh, that's a good sign for the Pacer fans, especially because. Holiday's just smooth, man. He he is just smooth, and uh, it, I find it very interesting. I think he's he is set up perfectly right now. Like this year has been perfect for him. He's got he's got his oldest brother on the team, who's like, um, you know, just like real chill, just kind of like probably super encouraging for Aaron. Uh, likes like they 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 like they feed off of each other. They play well out there together. Like that's got to be. That's gotta be fucking cool, like playing with your brother on the same team, and and I mean you're playing in, on the second unit most of the time, but like it doesn't matter. Like when you're out there and you're playing with each other, that's that's cool. And then he's got T.J. McConnell, who's who's this uh, point guard who, uh, you know, is it's like him and Aaron. It's like I don't know. It's it's hard to choose who I would rather see out there on the court, and that's it's a blessing, you know. It's because ultimately you'd like to see Aaron Holiday probably. Aaron Holiday has probably a higher ceiling than T.J. McConnell, but 
TJ McConnell, I feel like, is rubbing off on Aaron Holiday. And I think I said this on the last pod, too. But, you know, just the, the Aaron Holiday just seems more aggressive on the defensive end this year. He's getting up into guys. Um, and so it's just really good. It's really good to see him. And it's like, man, we got, uh, we got, we got some depth at the guard position this year. Um, you know, because Sumner has even shown that he can play a little bit for sure. Like, I like Sumner. I would, I wish, I like when, when Sumner's getting minutes, I'm like, yes, I like these minutes. Um, but when Oladipo comes back, it's going to affect all of that. Um, but right now, you know, the Pacers are doing just fine. They're, they're, they're in the hunt. They're only three and a half games out of second place in the East. I think that's very, you know, it's like you talk, okay, you got the Bucks who are in first, and then you've got Philly, Boston, Miami, Toronto, and then the Pacers. And the fact that the Pacers are only three and a half games out of second place in the Eastern Conference with, without Oladipo even playing um, a single game yet, and then, you know, like Brogdon's been out for nine games and actually more games because he missed time before that. Like, we've, we, I mean, the fact that the Pacers are just still in the hunt, like, yeah, we're sixth place, which sounds bad, but when you look at the games behind second, it's like, oh, we're only three and a half games back. Like, we can cut, we can make that up. We got Oladipo coming back. Like, man, this, this is setting up to be, it could be big. It could be really big. Um, it's all, I mean, you know, it's like, man, we just got a January 29th, like, what does this game look like? Does is does Oladipo come back and does he only play like, uh, you know, sixteen minutes? Like comes off the bench? Like how are they going to put him in? Or is it like okay, Pacers versus Bulls? Insert right into the starting lineup, Victor Oladipo. I hope that's the way he comes into the game. Like I hope the first time the Oladipo plays, he's the starting shooting guard, and they move Jeremy Lamb to the bench, and now it's like okay, boom, this is a new page. What do we got now? I like that squad up against these other teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, especially if Oladipo can can get even close to his All NBA uh, performance he had two years ago. So I like the fact that Oladipo, you know, came back on his own time, um, and he, he. So I, I like I was saying. I think the Pacers. So we're about two weeks away. It's January 11th now. He's coming back on the 29th. Uh, what's that, 18? I guess a little bit more. So, yeah, two and a half weeks away from Oladipo coming back. Um, and in those two and a half weeks, like, the Pacers, it could get a little rough. I, th- I, I could see it because we got this five-game road trip. Uh, we got a tough game against Philly on Monday. Um, we, we might, you know, we're only four of six lately. Like, it, it, it could get worse. Um but we got Oladipo coming back against the Bulls on January 29th. Then we had, so it's like that we should crush him. Like we, we just beat the Bulls without Brogdon, Sabonis, and Oladipo. So we should crush the Bulls for, uh, for Oladipo's homecoming, his return. And then we got the Knicks at home, crush them. And then we got Dallas at home, which, so it's a three game homestand. Knicks' first three games will be at home. And we got a chance to go three and zero. And if we beat Dallas, you know that's a pretty big deal because they're they're uh, they're doing really well this year. Um, and then essentially, Oladipo comes back, and then there's we got eight games, and then it's the All Star break. 
So it's good timing, I think, to get Vic back because who knows, like, it's it's almost like we got to look at it from, you can't jump to conclusions the first game. I, it's kind of like, it's it's awesome that we're getting him back before the All-Star break. Um, but, like, let's give him these eight games to just, I don't care, like, however many minutes he wants to play is, is cool. It's like, all right, does Vic just want to play, you know, 20 minutes a game? Just let him play 20? Get get going, or, or does he just want to come in and just get those thirty plus minutes right away? Give it to him, and then we got the All Star break. Get him, you know. It, it'll just be interesting. I, I it, it's nice that he's he's coming back um, now. I, I love the fact that we have a date, and you know, I think the fact that there was like no timetable this whole time during his injury is actually a good thing for the Pacers because, well, I, I guess you know maybe not a good thing. Which I, it just, I think probably it was just kind of like Oladipo was saying, you know, I'll come back when I'm ready, all right? Like, don't, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to do, you know, whenever he was rehabbing in July, like he didn't want to say, I'll be ready in November, or I'll be ready to start the season, or I'll be ready, um, you know, by the end of December. Like, he was just like, all right, man, just, I, I feel like he wanted space maybe, and just like he wanted to come back on his own terms. He's the one that released it to the world, you know, like it broke on Twitter and whatnot. It wasn't something that the Pacers were like, all right, and now Victor Oladipo is coming back. It was, you know, it was his his call. And um, who knows? Maybe he feels like he's ready to go. Maybe he's maybe he feel I'm hoping he feels like he's ready to get 30 minutes a game. Um, and then it could get it could get exciting real quick. Like if the Pacers start off and just bang, bury the Bulls, bury the Knicks beat the beat the Mavs um, and get some real momentum here as like a contender that would be pretty sweet um, okay so that's kind of what that's kind of you know where I think the Pacers are right now it's like the, you know over the last couple of weeks um, we're setting up we're, we're fine we're in a good position um, I, I, I really feel like this is a year that could be it, it still has a chance to be pretty special. I mean, it all it all matters in the playoffs, and um, I would think you know right now, I'm expecting the first round playoff win, um, even if the Pacers you know end up not being able to like get home court advantage and get the second seed, which like basically if you get the first or second seed in the East, you're you know you're gonna probably beat uh, the team in the first round because. There's, there's a gap between the top six teams and the and the bottom and the rest of the league or the rest of the East, and but I think the Pacers, you know, I like our chances against Miami. I like our chances against um, Toronto. Even um, I don't know. I think this. I think our team could be could be really good. But um, that's where we're at now, and you know, here we are, 2020. We got this group of guys on this team who are all kind of in that 23 to 27 age group. Uh, we got a lot of our a lot of our imp- impactful players are under contract for the next two to four years. So, like this is this is the team that we're going all in with. Like it's it's Vic, it's Brogdon, it's Turner, it's Sabonis, it's Warren, it's Lamb. I mean, right now you know then we. I think that that um, when I when I think about this team for the next three to four years, and, and kind of just you know skip, like looking back and and kind of thinking at big picture, 
um, where are we strong? Like, what are the things that the Pacers are really good at? Or, or, you know, where are our advantages? To me, it starts with our roster depth. You know, we have, we have like four guys that should be probably uh, all-stars when healthy. in Sabonis, Brogdon, Oladipo, and, and, you know, maybe Turner, at least in the conversation, you know. So it's, we're talking about, quality players like like impactful players four guys who can create mismatches um who impact the game on multiple levels um four game changers on this team that lead that those are those are our four guys and then you look at those four guys and you got all right Sabonis and Turner are both 23. Sabonis is being so he's so good right now like who knows like you know maybe Sabonis becomes the best, like, we don't necessarily know who our best player is yet. I mean, we think it's Oladipo, we hope it's Oladipo, if he's gonna be all NBA level. Um, but these guys are young, and so the main thing that I'm, like, the thing, and this is what makes me the most excited too, is the fact that they all are like, saying the right things. Um, they just wanna win, they just wanna win. Uh, the fact that they're all under contract for multiple years, it's like there's a lot of stability around this team. We could be dangerous. We could be dangerous. I, I really I really believe that. I think I think that um, we, we're, we're accumul- we've accumulated a lot of talent. Um, I just look at those four guys and I'm like, man, that could you, it, it, it's like, okay, Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, Oladipo versus. Kimball Walker, Jalen or uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart. Like I, we're kind of, we're, I feel like the Pacers and the Celtics are starting to to look about like the same as far as the number of guys that can make a, an impact at the at that level. And then you, with the Pacers, then it's like, all right, look at our role players now. It's like I'm talking about T.J. Warren, Jeremy Lamb. Um, those guys are high level role players, like Robert Ori type stuff, if not better. I mean, with TJ Warren, he's a guy, man, you got, I mean, and it's going to be different with Vic, you know, it's going to be different when Vic's here. It's going to be a different team. Um, and that's the thing, I mean, you know, Pacers are going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to figure that out. But then we got a bunch of other guys that can play too, like Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday. I mean, those guys can play. They, they really can. And they've, they've been awesome this year. Um, I think another thing that's, that's uh, you know, really positive for the, this Pacers team as we go into this new decade is the culture that we have, um, like the stability. I mentioned, you know, we have a lot of these, these like the core of this team is under contract for, for the next couple of years. And we've been competitive in the past too. Like the Pacers have, yeah, I was, I was, you know, looking back, it's like, you know, the Pacers made the finals, um, I think in the year 2000 against the Lakers is, is when the Pacers were in the NBA finals the last time. And maybe the first time, they maybe only made the finals once. Um, I should, I should probably know that for sure. But, um, the, but they made runs at it. Like we had the, like Reggie made two different runs at it. He made a run at it, you know, in the, in the mid nineties. Uh, like in, against Jordan and stuff, then he made it a run at it with the Lakers. And then we had, um, you know, like the Paul or like Jermaine O'Neal. And they, I don't think we were ever like super, like Jermaine O'Neal was kind of with, with Reggie there, that 03 04 battle in the Pistons. Um, 
But then with Paul George again, you know, we made it to like Eastern Conference Finals going up against LeBron. And now we're, we're reassembling again. And it's, we got Victor, Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, and then just a bunch of guys that can ball. And uh, who knows? I mean, is it, is it enough talent? Is it enough talent? And, and this is where I go into kind of the negative mode, which is, you know, what we don't have is that star power. Like, what do we do against Giannis? What do we do against uh, Joel Embiid? What do we do against Kevin Durant? What, like, what do we do against LeBron? You know, that's where the Pacers right now, to me, feel vulnerable. But I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that we're even thinking about, you know, winning, like, to me, because I think it's a legitimate, I think it's, I think it could happen. I think the Pacers could win a championship. Um with this team, it would be, it's not, it's probably not likely, but the only reason it's not likely is because it's like this question. It's like, can it be, is it, is it, is it just superstars that matter or could a collection of talent be a team with superstars? Uh, and it's not, it's not like setting it up as like a good versus evil matchup. It's just different. Like, because if, if you're a team that doesn't have one of the top five players or top ten players at best, how can you have a chance at winning the championship? So the fact that you could build a team outside of one of the top ten players that wins a championship, to me, would be really cool. And when you're looking at teams, all right, so it's like, okay, you got ten, the top ten players, and then... 20 teams don't have one of those top 10 players, at least, because a lot of the top 10 players are on the same team. So it's like, for those 20 teams, because I was looking back at, you know, I was looking back at recent, uh, like, finals matchups, and it's amazing how much the superstars truly do, you know, represent the finals, because, like, when you look back at the last decade, it's like Kawhi Leonard, he's with the Spurs, he's with the Raptors, Steph, obviously with the Warriors, KD with OKC and the Warriors, LeBron with Miami, Cleveland. Um, like those four guys represented like 90% of all the finals matchups. And um, the Pacers don't have somebody like that. And frankly, it's like, I don't know how we even guard guys like that. Uh, but hopefully with Oladipo back, you know, it's a collect, it maybe, maybe our whole defense gets better. Um, but like looking back over the last decade, the only teams that kind of resemble what the Pacers are would be like the 2011 Mavs. They had Dirk Nowitzki. It's like, well, yeah, Dirk's probably a better player than Oladipo will ever be, but you can kind of see that like Oladipo is closer to, to Dirk than he is to LeBron, you know? Um, so you got a team like uh, Dirk was able to win a championship with the Mavs. Uh, I would even say like the 13-14 Spurs, whenever it was like an old Duncan, young Kawhi. Kawhi wasn't quite the superstar that he is now. Um, but those were really the only two teams that would resemble the Pacers at all, you know, because uh, all the other teams were more like, I mentioned it, LeBron, Steph, KD, Kawhi, like those were the teams. Um, 
But then if you look back even 10 years further in the Eastern Conference between 2000 and 2010, there were eight different teams that represented the Eastern Conference. So there was a lot more. Um, it wasn't just a couple guys dominating the finals. So who knows? Like, I mean, maybe I don't know if history's on our side or not, but as a Pacer fan, I'm willing to say, okay, Oladipo is going to be the tip of our spear. He is our, he is our king. He is our alpha. He is our lord and, and savior. And then right, right behind him is Brogdon, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. And so you come into battle with those four guys up front. Now I'm looking around the Eastern Conference and I'm like, all right, who scares me? Philly. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Boston, Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Hayward, Boston's good too, Milwaukee, Giannis, but I like, I like our team too, I like our squad, so you just don't know, but to me that's, that's kind of the thing where it's like, I don't know man, do, do we have a chance at winning the championship? Because history's kind of like, probably not, you guys don't really have anybody who's extremely dominant, um, but that's why we play the games, and we got three to four years here to figure out this team. Um, what else do I have here? Like, oh yeah, so, so looking, looking ahead, yeah, boom, boom, looking ahead, uh, 2020 to 2030, right? Like, who are going to be the superstars that we're going to be dealing with? Because, I mean, LeBron is still really, really good, but, and he might be really, really good for the next four years, but I'm just thinking, you know, you got Giannis in the East, because, yeah, that's the thing, LeBron's in the West, but so, like, as a Pacer fan, it's like, if we, we just... We focus on just beating the Eastern Conference, getting to the finals. Uh, that's good. And um, so we got to deal with Giannis. Um, and he's been killing. I mean, he's killed us. He really has. Like, I was looking it up. So the past six games, the Pacers have only won one of the games. So we're one in five. Um, And it's been blowouts too. So Milwaukee, like the average, so the five wins for Milwaukee, it's been over 16 points. So Milwaukee's really torched the Pacers, you know, recently. Um, the only good game we had was that one last year when Thad Young kind of shut down Giannis and the Pacers beat the uh, beat the Bucks. But other than that, it's like the Bucks own the Pacers. Granted, we haven't had Oladipo, you know, so it's like. We, we got a chance to, because we are going to be a new team when he arrives. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how we do against Milwaukee. But but obviously they're, they're going to be trouble for us. And uh, we got to figure out how to deal with them. You got Embiid for the 76ers. Whenever he, whenever he plays us, it makes me scared. Um, I don't necessarily give him authority like the way I give Giannis. But the verdict's still out. But Embiid basically dominates Turner. All the time. Um, 
the last matchup that they had against each other. Embiid had 32 points and 11 rebounds, and Turner had three points and three rebounds. And the uh, 76ers uh, uh, beat the uh, Pacers. So Embiid could be an issue. Other guys in the East that we got to look out for over this next decade, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with Brooklyn. If they ever get back on the court, you know, they could be trouble. Uh, you got Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam with Toronto, Kimba Tatum Brown on the Boston Celtics, uh, Trey Young maybe even with Atlanta, and and that's where I feel like now you're starting to now that's where the Pacer players start to come in is in that conversation with like the Tatum's and Browns and Trey Youngs and um, you know even Kimba for that matter I think I, honestly I, I guess I shouldn't say because I haven't watched a lot of Kemba but. I would probably rather have Malcolm Brogdon than Kemba Walker on this Pacers team, which, I mean, maybe that's crazy, but the fact that we got, you know, we got a lot of guys that want to score, so we don't necessarily need somebody who's, we don't need a point guard trying to get 25 at night uh, on this Pacers team. I'd rather have Brogdon for his defense, but the thing is, too, you know, Brogdon, he hasn't, he hasn't played the last nine games, and that, and that, Something that has kind of uh, been on his, uh, like, throughout his career, he's missed some games. Um, I don't know. I mean, luckily the Pacers have been able to weather the storm and, and, and still win and keep us keep us in that uh, range, you know, three and a half out a second. Uh, I'll take that. Um, but we got talent. We definitely have talent as we move, as we look ahead. Um, but then I think about, all right, what else, what, what do the Pacers need the most? And... In my opinion, it's like the backup, the backup big man is is pretty weak right now. Like, it's it's maybe I mean Goga right now, Jakar Sampson's getting some minutes uh, just as of recently. Um, that to me that's kind of scary, especially if we were to have an injury to Sabonis or Turner, and you got to see these bigs. Um, to me, that's where we're kind of weak is that backup big man role that that's that's the hole that I see. I like our I like our starting bigs. I like our starting guards. I like our backup guards. Uh, but I don't like our backup bigs. And the one area that we have a lot of depth is kind of that playmaking guard type role. And especially when Oladipo comes back, it's going to be even more abundant. Like Oladipo, Brogdon, Lamb, Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, Edmund Sumner, like all all of those guys I like. And but what I don't like is when you when you get to the bench on the bigs, it's like here comes Goga, here comes Jakar Sampson, here comes TJ Leaf, here comes Doug McDermott as a as a power forward. Um I think that those that, that the weakness that we have at the at the big at the backup big is gonna even be more evident when Oladipo returns because he's just gonna bury more of our good players. Like we're not gonna see like I mean how many minutes could can McConnell and Aaron Holiday possibly get with Oladipo back and with when Brogdon's back? Like those guys who seem like they're very important to our team are gonna I mean McConnell, I don't know. I don't know. Like maybe he, he might not even play. But, I mean, I got to imagine he's going to play. I don't know. 
But to me, it's like we got an abundance of guards and we're really lacking on the bigs. Um, so when I'm thinking about this team, and I love, it's hard because I love, I really do love all these, I love all the guys on our team. Like, I love Jeremy Lamb. Um, I love McDermott. But that's where, and like Justin Holiday, but there, that's where like we have repetitive skills, um, you know, and, and, it, and they're good players, but it's like, we really need somebody who can clean the glass. Like we need a big, I, 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 it, it's, it, for a backup role is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about someone who can come in and start and average 10, point, 10 plus rebounds a game, but just like a backup role, guy come in, give us 20 minutes a game. I mean, we really need somebody probably to be a good enough to play in the playoffs. Because that that's that's really what I'm thinking about. It's like, come playoff time, Edmund Sumner's not going to get to see the floor. Um, and Aaron Holiday, like, I don't know, probably not going to see the floor in the playoffs. But we're going to have to play some big guy, so it's going to be like, I don't know, is Goga going to have to play? And I would love for Goga to be ready and good enough to play, but it's like, come on, man. Goga's been... He's been disappointing, to say the least, this year. He's shown flashes. And he obviously has the skills, but like he clearly is not comfortable on the basketball court right now. And it's a bummer because he he would be the guy. Like oh, I don't think we have to make a move if Goga's the guy that we thought. Like I thought Goga would come in and honestly like contend for double doubles on a nightly basis. Like, I thought he would, like, have to get 20 minutes a game at least. And just, like, with his with his size and his touch, I figured he'd be able to position himself in a way where he, he captured a lot of rebounds and, and, and got easy putbacks and then, you know, got to the free throw line a little bit. Um, I was just expecting more of a playmaker, somebody, somebody that was, that was uh, um, ready to kind of make an impact on the game. And Goga just hasn't been that yet. Like, he, I hopefully, hopefully he has it. Hopefully he has it in him. But, man, lots of times he just, he looks, he just, he just does not look comfortable. So, like, the mistakes that he makes, it's not, it's not lack of talent. It's, like, lack of confidence type. It's like he makes a pass where it's like, because he, he was just, like, scared. Like, he's like, I can't hold on to the ball any longer. I got to pass it. And then it's like, it goes out of bounds or something. So, so I, that's, okay, so, so that's what I'm getting at. It's like, we have, we have this abundance of guards, and we have this lack of depth at, at, at the uh, power forward position, I think, backup, backup-wise. So what can we do, right? What can we do? And... I'm not saying that the Pacers should do this, but there are a couple guys out there that I think would be, that I would be interested to see what the Pacers would have to give up in order to, to acquire these players. The first one is, um, actually there's two guys that I would just be so happy if we got one of these. One I do prefer a little bit more, it's like a 1A and 1B. Um, and that's, so that's all, that's the only two guys I'm going to talk about because I don't have like details of like, oh, this would work and this is who would acquire who. 
Um, but to me, it's Cody Zeller and Thad Young. I'm looking at those two guys. Cody Zeller is currently with the Charlotte Hornets. He is obviously um, obviously at an Indiana University graduate, or maybe not even graduate, but he played at IU. I think he left, he left early for the league, so he might not be a graduate, probably not. I wouldn't be a graduate if I was in NBA. Big fuck that. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe he is. Um, probably is. But you got Cody Zeller uh, on the Hornets. Um, 27 years old. Seven foot. Um, to me, he plays the way that I wish Goga played. Like, Zeller is just pretty sound. He's just sound in the post. He's going to give you post defense. Um smart just just you know and i think he would just be perfect on this on this indiana team he's an indiana guy you know mr basketball back in high school played at iu teammates with oladipo i, I mean i i would like what would it cost to get to get zeller from the hornets because the hornets are i don't know what the hell they're doing but like zeller started the season i believe like as a starter like he's had really good games when you look at his numbers overall he's like a like 12 points and seven rebounds which isn't overwhelming but it doesn't matter because like the role that we would want zeller to fill it's not to be a starter it's to be a bench big guy backup turner backup um sabonis i think zeller would fill that role perfectly and like it just would all depend on what it would cost to get him it and and um but I, I mean, I would honestly, on a, I mean, and this is this is kind of out there, but I would consider trading, um, like Jeremy Lamb. I would consider trading Jeremy Lamb for Cody Zeller. Um, and I think that's going to become, I don't, but I don't know. I mean, I like Ze I like Lamb's length as as at the guard position. So I don't know. I guess it just depends on what it would cost. But I, I think that's where the Pacers, if I was the GM of the Pacers, I would be looking to make a move in that direction. I'd be like, how can we upgrade that backup big? Like we don't, when it comes to playoff time, I, the way this season's been going, when it comes to playoff time, we do not want to see Goga in the playoffs. We don't, I mean, if uh, maybe, who knows? Jakar has been good. Like I, I just watched him play a really good game against Chicago. Um, and maybe he gets more minutes and, and he, he could be that guy. Like if we don't make a move, then I'm open to Jakar Samson being the first big off the bench. But that's why I'm thinking, man, we, we should, we need to upgrade, um, at the big man bench position. And it, it, it does, it's, it's unfortunate because we, we spent that first round pick on Goga and you would like to think that he, he would have been that guy, but he's just not ready yet. And I think if you're the Pacers and you got, you honestly, you have you have one to four years. It's it's all you can think about, and because that's when you got Sabonis and Turner, uh, Brogdon, all these guys under contract, Warren and Lamb, and yeah, I think you got to strike now. Like you got to take a crack at it because you never know. Like the East is going to look different next year with Kyrie and Durant. I mean, if Oladipo comes back and. You know, I'm like when guys come back from injury and there's they were they were once superstars. I mean, you would hope that they become they they re return to that superstar status. And if Oladipo is able to do that with this team, it's like we got to strike now.
like this year, next year. Like we, we can't wait. I don't think we can necessarily wait. Um, so I would, I would be willing, like, I think, I really think we need to get a position there. And, and so like, okay, so you got uh, Cody Zeller to me would be a good option. Thad Young would be another good option. Thad's, Thad's on the Bulls um, and he's not happy with his role in the Bulls. Like we, we might be able to get Thad pretty cheap. And uh, you know, what would it take? Um, I, I think we should, I think we should definitely capitalize on the, the amount of depth we have on this team and trade some of these, maybe trade an asset or two in order to shore up that backup forward position. Um, it's just going to be awesome though, when Vic comes back, you know, I, that's, that's the main thing that I'm looking forward to as, as we get into 2020 here, it's, it's Oladipo is going to be back. Um, man, I'm, not to brag, but I'm going to be at the game. It just so happens that I already had tickets. I didn't even know that he was returning this game. Those tickets are probably, uh, they've probably gone up in value since then. But um, going to the game, Oladipo is going to return. I mean, he's got weapons now. He's, it's not just Collison and Thad and Bogey. I mean, you're talking about an 18 and 13 Sabonis, uh, 17 and 7 Brogdon, TJ Warren averaging like 18 a game, Jeremy Lamb 14 a game, Aaron Holiday off the bench, Goga Batase, TJ McConnell, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott. I mean, Oladipo has weapons, and we get to we'll get to find out like how good this Pacers team can be. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm buying Pacers stock right now. Um, man, getting Old Depot back is going to be so sweet. So uh, that's all I got for tonight. It's uh, it's good to be back. Episode 50, 2020. Uh, appreciate everybody checking out the pod. And uh, hopefully everybody's enjoying the season as much as I am. It's been it's been a fun season. It really has been. It's been kind of like we've been able to be the underdogs a lot of the time just based off of like the injuries um, and just seeing Sabonis have such a good year and Brogdon and then just really the contributions of the new guys. It's, it's been incredible. So want to get Brogdon back healthy, get uh, Oladipo back and uh, let's see what we have, you know. So it's uh, it's all good. So all right. Hope everybody has a great uh, 2020, you know, here we go. Peace.